Good afternoon and welcome to the show. Well, here we go. We're going through the dreary part of November. You know, it's one of those things that, you know, I always say it's probably great to get a hot coffee or a warm cup of tea and sit in front of your computer and surf real estate. That's right. You know, yeah, I know there's more things to do than just real estate, but you know what? It's a good way to pass a little bit of time. And uh, this hour, we're going to be talking about a new company that has come into the market and they actually make it uh, very easy for you to pick your real estate agent and what commission rate they are willing to offer you as well as what services they have. So you don't want to miss that because uh, again, things are getting, you know, moving forward in technology and with some of the re recent developments in the real estate world, I think it's going to be an interesting uh, catch to the market. And I think it's going to be very important. And a little bit later on in the hour, I've got Jazz Dakar returning to the show. He is the senior partner at the Real Estate Center with Royal LePage. Always great to have Jazz on. He's going to be talking about the condom market mostly this hour because a lot going on stats coming out this month of course saying October not so great I mean it was okay for for condominium market of course it's up over last year still significantly um, but most importantly I think that we've got to take a look at the outer markets the 905 the detached market is it's kind of flat and so for those of you that think that the market's going to continue to recede down I'm going to say we're kind of at a stable market so if you're thinking of buying in the 905 this may be the time we might have been kind of at the bottom I don't see it going much further one of the main reasons inventory now couple of markets I do want to talk to you about because it is the changing of the the kind of the, the I would say the landscape of real estate right now Metro Vancouver has the nation's highest per square foot home price and when we talk about home you know square footage prices you normally hear us talk about condominiums right now it's the average uh, in Vancouver is $1,345 per square foot up 39 percent from a year ago. This is condominium, remember that. Now, one of the things that we should always remember to calculate is that is for brand new construction. We're not referring to resale. Their number in resale is hovering much closer to 1,000. If we skip forward to Toronto, even though we started breaking the $1,000 square foot price uh, for a lot of the builders, we are still seeing resales coming in between six and $800 per square foot, depending on the age of the building. And this has got a lot to do with it. So are you giving up your your age of building with with a higher maintenance fee to get a lower square footage price or are you going to the new ones and eventually by the way your condominium fees are going to go up but when we look at resale floating in around $800 a square foot it's still a big number and if we take the average condominium we're up over 500,000 now for a one bedroom in a lot of the marketplaces not in the 905 but definitely in the 416 and again that has everything to do with travel and speaking of travel one of the interesting things and I, I normally reach out to Mike Chesahosky from CBRE on this but of course he's always quoted on a lot of these articles and and I do like talking about it because it's the whole idea of land investment and some of the numbers that are coming out are absolutely staggering when we take a look at what's going on uh, Mike was quoted in an article that last year 6.8 
billion in residential land transactions across the GTA last year uh, where they were turning around and they were actually buying land and redeveloping it. Right now, the acre cost has gone through the roof. But more importantly, the, the style of land that's being bought. So for years and years and years, developers wouldn't touch anything below, let's say, 50 acres. It just didn't make sense to them. Now we're looking at some staggering prices for lots anywhere from two acres, three acres, 10 acres, because the builders are saying, look at, we're just gonna keep building up so we can go to the smaller parcels. They're not looking at the sprawl, they're looking at going straight up. You know, one of the big land deals that happened this past year was two acres in downtown, the core. Uh, two acres sold over a hundred million dollars. Um, again, if you're sitting on, on a farm right now and you're listening to the show, uh, sorry, you're probably not going to get that. But I can tell you this, uh, acre prices have uh, definitely gone through the roof as we continue to watch the sprawl go north east, west, south, no, waterfront, <laughs> who knows, maybe houseboats are going to come back, and that would be kind of a fun thing to do. Uh, we got to keep our eye on Montreal. It is, uh, it's having some serious increases, and w what they're saying is their, their house prices jumped 11% in October, the prices, um, and with the, uh, the sales increase by 22%. So everybody that decided that they didn't want to pay foreign buyer tax in Vancouver or Toronto, well, they went to Montreal. And Montreal is now saying that they are going to contemplate it if they, if they start running out of control. I think they shouldn't push, push that button quite yet because uh, we all know what happens whenever you start introducing a foreign buyer tax. And yeah, I know a lot of people are saying, yeah, but Todd, the prices aren't really coming down that much. Well, it depends on what happens with interest rates, of course. That's going to have a huge issue. Uh, CMHC, speaking of interest rates, CMHC being the Canadian Mortgage Housing Corporation, they are the people that do all the underwriting for high-ratio mortgages. They're the ones that guarantee it. Uh, when we take a look at what they're saying, they're saying over the next two years, it's going to be kind of moderate growth. They're not expecting any huge numbers to come out as far as increase in prices, but more importantly, as far as volume, they're saying that with the builders, uh, you know, they expect to see the numbers actually fall a little with the builders. And so whenever we look at inventory dropping, that normally means that prices are going to go up uh, soon after. So I understand that maybe we don't have enough coming into the marketplace, but if that's the case, we're being choked out a little right now with a zero vacancy rate in the downtown core as far as rentals. Um, I think, uh, in my opinion, I think we're going to start seeing, you know, the condominium market continue on its path. The real question is, is where is it going to end up? I'm not sure, but actual fact, I think that, uh, you know, we're going to keep seeing a little bit of an increase uh, year over year. I think condominiums next year are probably going to be up at least 10% uh, from today's value. But be, you know what, I always forget, and I will tell you and remind everybody, that we've got our Simple Seminar coming up. That's right, Thursday, November 22nd at 7 p.m. You can join us here at our head office, the Simple Seminar. Go to thesimpleinvestor.com to register. We're going to be talking about all sorts of things. I'm going to talk about you know, rules and regulations of landlords, obviously the new cannabis rules for landlords, as well, who makes the best tenant, and we always talk about our newest release that we've got in the market, which, by the way, um, we've just got a few left. Uh, it, right now, we've got a release in Tilsonburg, Ontario, uh, just outside of London. And right now, one, uh, sorry, two bedrooms are $129.9 uh, guaranteed rent 
uh, full cash flowing and you don't want to miss out on an opportunity to become a real estate investor with something that is fully managed. So go to thesimpleinvestor.com to register and you'll find out all about it. Um, when I have Jazz on later, I want uh, everybody to really, um, you know, I've, I've got some questions set up for him that I want to ask him. But most importantly is if you're going to be a speculator, what should you watch out for? Because again, this is where people got caught last spring in 2017. Did a little bit of speculation and unfortunately the market did a dip. Is that possible in the near future? Well, we'll have to take a look at interest rates and see what's going to happen. Now, for a lot of people though, they've been anticipating and wanting. I, I, I almost think that they have a voodoo doll uh, with the shape of Toronto and they put pins in it, hoping that we're able to get the market to go down. Um, you know, talking to you know some of my producers, uh, they've been saying, listen, we, we, we would love the market to drop 30%. And that would make it more affordable for them to get into the market. Uh, that may not happen, but one of the, the articles that came out in the Globe and Mail was a real estate windfall when aging parents sell the house. Where should the money go? So, you know, we do have to realize that the baby boomer generation, they are starting to sell their homes. They're looking at the extra capital that they've been able to achieve in that property. And a lot of them are now directing it to their children or grandchildren. So before we decide that we want to the uh, market to drop out, maybe we keep their prices as high as we can. That way, whoever is going to benefit from that donation from mom and dad uh, is going to be able to do something with it and for their home, because this is one of the things that I think everybody has to realize that bank of mom and dad are actually helping out more people now than ever before. And of course, prices, interest rates, everything, the way it is going, um, you know what, it's, it's kind of a necessity at this point, but definitely once you get into home ownership, you want to stay and you want to do everything you can. Just make sure you don't bury yourself in a, in a payment because that's kind of tough. Um, one of the things that uh, the new condominium developers are doing and I, I think it's actually an impressive take on things. So we know a lot of people have the ability of working from home or a lot of people are starting up their own businesses. And what, I think a couple of condominium uh, developers have keyed in on this. They're doing co-working spaces in the latest Toronto condos. And I like the idea. So instead of having a bowling alley, which by the way is just a, a, a nightmare for maintenance fees, um, they are foregoing those kind of amenities and they're putting in some little offices that if you're living in the condominium, you can utilize them. So you take your laptop down, take your coffee down with your slippers on and go down and do some work. And I just about, of course, the slippers. I know nobody's wearing slippers down into the condom, con condominium elements, but you know what? Ultimately in the end, I think it's a great idea. Um, with some of the designs right now, we're looking at commercial on the bottom, so you can do your grocery shopping, you can go to the doctor, get your go to the pharmacy, and then swing around. If you've got some workspace, I think it's very smart. If you've bought a smaller condo, of course, you don't want to be trapped in there all day. The idea of being able to get out, stretch your legs, you know, maybe even talk to your neighbors. I think it's a great idea. Um, it'll be interesting to see how many developers start working with this, but I think it's going to be very, in, very, very positive about what's, uh, what's going on. So one of the things, of course, is coming up um, as far as your mortgage renewal. We're looking at a lot of refis that are happening. Uh, more importantly, private lenders are starting to do more and more, as well as um, trust companies. Uh, there's a lot of things that are going on right now, more so than ever before because of the new stress test. 
a lot of the private lenders do not have to work under the same guidelines. And so now we're looking at the credit unions and some of the other companies that are able to do the private mortgages. We're starting to see it. And yes, you will pay a little bit higher interest rate, but at the same time, you still have the ability of getting refinanced. And so again, one of the things that I want to make sure that everybody is clear on, when you go to buy brand new from a builder right now, and let's say they are telling you it's a four to five year close. Remember, if you qualify now, even with the stress test, keep your eye on your financing over the next few years. I recently saw an investor, they turned around and they got qualified to buy an investment property. Uh, they had to wait for a little while. They decided to go out and buy two new cars. When they went back to qualify to close their mortgage, the bank said, you no longer qualify because you took on too much debt in the short term. So be very, very careful when you're doing this. Keep in mind, if you've bought something, don't think that it's just five years away because you never know how quickly that comes up and you have to make sure that you qualify for that mortgage if you plan on closing it. So if you stay put after the break, I've got Regan McKee joining me. He is CEO of a new company that is going to kind of look like Uber of real estate. So stay with us. We'll be right back after this. And welcome back. Does anybody take Uber? You know, I take Uber and I, nothing against the taxi industry. I just, it was just so easy, you know, when things started getting easier with the phone and, and online and everything. And I thought it made a lot of sense. You know, just, uh, it, it's just convenience. And real estate has never been always convenient. And I think everybody knows that uh, until now. And there's a new company that has launched, and I thought I would take the time to do a full introduction and actually have the CEO join us. And it is uh, Noble, and uh, it is uh, Regan McKee. And uh, Regan, thank you so much for joining us. Thanks, Todd. Uh, I'm really glad to be here. So maybe you can, uh, you know, one of the headlines, of course, and, and, and what caught my eye was uh, in a release that the Uber of real estate is coming. And once again, it's millennials that are behind the disruption. And can you tell us what, you know, what your platform is and, and why you, you've decided to go this route? It's great that a lot of people keep calling us the Uber of real estate. It's a pretty good comparison. We're the world's only true digital open marketplace for matching consumers with real estate agents. Home buyers, sellers, and agents all access Noble online. They use our service to match one another. If you wanted to use Noble, what you would do is you'd create an account. You'd tell us a little bit about yourself, just like when you're creating a profile for Uber. And then you tell us what you want to do. And uh, with Uber, they send car, depending on what you're looking for. They have different service offerings and different levels of price and quality. It's the same with real estate. You tell us what you're looking for. You put in some basic pieces of information around what you're wanting to do, whether it's on the buy side or the sell side. And then agents will give you proposals. They will bid to represent you while buying or selling your property. And they're going to compete on an overall service proposition outlining what they're going to include, what they're not going to include, how much they're going to charge. Over time, as the marketplace gets built up, you're going to see reviews from people that have actually used them. So just like on Amazon, you see the verified buy ratings. You're going to see star ratings from people that have actually used them, just like on Uber or Airbnb. It's fully transparent. It's consumer-centric. So you'll see all the proposals. These are not our own agents. These are agents with all the existing brokerages. They're actively competing to represent you as a buyer or seller. You'll tend to pay lower fees and have a much, much better overall experience. 
Wow. It reminds me a little of a dating website and the actual consumer themselves are the ones that are picking from the different uh, criteria. Here's the question for you, though. Can you really drill it down? Uh, is it fairly in-depth? You know, a lot of times, and I am old school realtor, you know, back started originally in the early 90s. And it was always, you know, you go to the customer's house, you meet them, they normally would entertain three to six agents. And it was sort of that first date proposition. Is there like another level to this program? Do you actually hire them? sight unseen or do they reach out and talk to the people? Do they actually go and meet with them prior to, you know, making a relationship? I'm, I'm really glad that you brought that up. I'm technically still a real estate broker as well. As a couple of industry pros, we understand that best practices would be getting people to come and give listing presentations. You look at the different offerings from the different agents, the different brokerages, and you, you try to make the best decision. The challenge is it's really difficult and really time consuming and really confusing. And a lot of the time people think this guy sounded pretty good or this uh, woman sounded pretty good. But I mean, there's no way to actually know whether or not they're any good. On our platform, you can actually see reviews from people that have actually used them. You're starting with a more educated perspective, and it's not like you're just hiring them blind. When you see all the different proposals from the different agents, you're going to see who they are, you're going to see the brokerages, and at that point, you can then interview them. We will be integrating over the next few months video chat. There are tons of them out there. This isn't something that we're creating from scratch. In the current state of the platform, you can text with them back and forth, you can email, you can meet them in person. When they do come in to meet with you as a homeowner or potential home buyer, you're starting with an educated perspective. I mean, the job of being a real estate agent, the key to it really is customer acquisition. If you're a good agent or a bad agent, it doesn't necessarily mean you're going to do well or poorly in the industry. If you can't actually get the business, that's the job itself. When you're a good agent who has a good track record and does a good job and has great reviews, you'll really shine on our platform. And that's why we're seeing so many of the top agents adopt Noble. Commission is always a discussion with people. Will a lot of people be awarded the relationship or the contract because of a lower commission? You and I being in the business for a long period of time, we understand what a full-time professional agent can bring. But if people are just out bargain hunting, are they just simply looking and clicking on the lowest commission rate? It's all about consumer choice. If you go on Airbnb, you can stay on somebody's couch for 50 bucks a night, or you can stay at a property on the beach in Palm Beach for $20,000 a night. It's all about consumer choice. Sure. Some people do want the cheapest, and some people want the most services. We're generally seeing currently people are kind of gravitating towards a overall value proposition where they're saying, you know, I don't want to pay five or 6% commission, but I also don't need to be driven around in a Rolls Royce to view properties. It's somewhere in the middle where they're saying, I want somebody who's going to do a good job, give me lots of services, has a great reputation, and maybe I want to pay sort of three and a half or 4%. We're not seeing most people gravitate towards the cheapest. If people do want the cheapest, though, that is an option. It's all about consumer choice. It's an interesting platform. And how long have you now uh, been doing this? I started the company in 2016 when electronic signatures became legally binding for real estate. I just thought there was a huge opportunity to do something really different from anything else in the world. That was a little over two years ago now. We went live with our beta a year ago. Our V1 came out a few months ago. It's really just been the last few months that we're sort of out with a product in the market and we're starting to see real traction. Just in the last few months, uh, and I'm talking sort of three, four months, we've had more than 50,000 people come onto our platform. We have a couple thousand deals that have been initiated. So that's 
from an agent connecting with a buyer or seller through a platform. Those aren't closed transactions, but as you understand as an industry pro, it all starts with the first conversation between the agent and the consumer. And it does take a little while for somebody to go out and view properties and get a, you know, a firmly accepted offer and then the property sure. actually trade ownership. Our traction right now is phenomenal. I mean, we clearly hit a need in the market. Excellent. I think it's a wonderful idea. I think it's going to be uh, interesting to see how quickly you progress because I think there is a need in the market. Regan, if people need to reach out to you, folks, uh, best way to reach you? Noble.com, N-O-B-U-L.com. You can get all of our information on our website. You can also download our mobile apps uh, out of any of the app stores, uh, Noble, N-O-B-U-L. Well, listen, it's been a real pleasure having you on the show today. You know, I look forward to catching up with you in the next few months and see how everything is progressing. Great to be with you, Todd. Thanks very much. Folks, that was the CEO of Noble. His name is Regan McKee. Make sure you uh, take a look online and see what you think. Coming up after the break, I've got Jazz Takar joining me. So stay with us. We'll be right back after this. And welcome back. So joining me now in the studio is Jazz Takar. He has been a guest here before on Simply Real Estate. He is the senior partner at the Real Estate Center of Royal LePage. And uh, Jazz, welcome back to the show. Thanks for having me as always, Todd. How you doing? Good. And, you know, thanks for joining me today. Uh, I think you and I have a lot to talk about. A lot of things going on in the headlines, as I know you're always keeping your eyes open. Um, you know, I think last time you and I were, we were talking a little bit about millennials and the struggle for people to be able to buy uh, right now in what's going on, you know, as far as the real estate market goes. Um, interesting thing in the news this week, uh, of course, was the fact that Amazon doesn't look like they're coming to Toronto. I, I actually think that's a good thing. What do you think? Well, you know what? I love Jeff Bezos. I love what he's done with Amazon. Um, l- let me ask you, why do you think it's uh, a good thing that they're not coming? I'm curious to get your answer on that well you know i think i think one of the you know when they were considering toronto they looked at toronto as far as safety being a tech hub that was giving that we were ticking all the boxes apparently looking at the kitchener waterloo guelph corridor of course huge huge tech industry there but you know one of the things that they cited uh as an issue is housing yes and i think that we're going to find that unless we are doing more home growing you know it's a little bit harder i mean you know of course we've got some you know major head offices that uh, that are here in toronto and and they continue to expand but i think the fact that um, amazon was looking at such a big headquarters yeah and and i think now also they've, they've changed their mind and decided to split it and actually do two headquarters unfortunately toronto's not one of them right but you know they're i guess they have to look at their employees and go okay maybe we're gonna have to overpay them so they can afford a uh, one bedroom rental in downtown so true i mean you know so we still have google coming onto the east side uh, of downtown toronto and like you mentioned there's still a lot of other tech companies, uh, Shopify is building a huge complex right in the core of downtown. Uber's already there, uh, but it is obviously getting tougher for millennials to get into in, into you know affordable homes in in, in Toronto. Yeah, and you know uh, with the recent can- uh, cancellation there up in uh, the Vaughan area, as far as that um, you know, I think we lost about eleven hundred out of the marketplace. People that bought a couple of years ago, and right now you know we're tipping the scales. And 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 I do want to talk to you about this very important number: our square footage price. You know, we're up for some of the builders. We're up over a thousand dollars a square foot. But you know, our listeners need to remember that's not the number for resale. And you know. You and your team, um, I know you, you're, you know, you're very diverse. You've got a diverse team. 
Uh, but you know, when we talk about resale, resales aren't at a thousand dollars a square foot no, by any stretch. Not by any stretch. I mean, I mean, you're still seeing uh, resales flirting around the eight hundred, eight hundred and fifty dollars a square foot. But just a quick, uh, uh, just to take it back really quickly, we actually had a project pre-construction at seventeen hundred dollars a square foot right at King and Bathurst two weeks ago. Wow, seventeen hundred dollars a square foot. So a shoebox is basically <laughs> going to cost you, you know, somewhere in that like seven hundred thousand dollar range. Well, a shoe actually it, it came in and to be exact at eight hundred and seven thousand dollars. Okay, so you know, and, and and I'm glad you're here because you know, since you, since you're running with this stuff on the ground, um, I'm not going to say that sounds like idiocy, but and, and and I know people are pumping the value into these things or what they per, it's perceived value, and you know. We understand costs of construction and everything, but seventeen hundred a square. How how are we justifying that? Considering that that's a big gap it, compared to like what you can you know an average builder today. You know they they they've gone over that thousand, but seventeen hundred. Where where do you come up with that? Definitely project? agree with you. Huge gap. That specific project right at the core, like right in the core of King West, so King and Bathurst area. Right. Um, a builder uh, West Bank uh, from Vancouver. They also built the the Shangri La here downtown Toronto. Yes. yes which uh, it also topped the numbers there. Topped the numbers there. Yep. Um, now, this is going to be built for about five years from now. Okay. okay. Um, and in that area, this is really being dubbed the New Yorkville of Toronto. It's okay. an eight to ten minute walk to TIFF uh, with all the lounges and the restaurants and you know all the entertainment that's in that area. Um, at the end of the day, you are right. It's speculation. Uh, it is scary. However, I do believe in the long term, and it's not really an investor product. It's for somebody who's going to want to live in that yeah, area. End user for sure. End user product. Yep. Yep. Um, and then you know some investors obviously did pick up that that, that building and. They're, they're probably banking on the fact that the, the, the prices are going to increase and then they can do an assignment. Now, you need to be, be careful. <laughs> okay, good. I'm glad you're going okay. there. <laughs> you need to be careful because if the values don't come in at that price, you need to make sure that you can hold on to it. Right. And you obviously have a long-term strategy of buying and holding because we do know that rents are significantly increasing in Toronto you know, to the tune of 11% a year. I don't think that's going to last, though. Yeah, I was just going to say, I, I, I'm not sure it's going to last. But more importantly, even with the increase at 11%, they were so... I'm going to call them repressed to a certain extent that, you know, we are, our market shot up rents did not, you know, it took the longest time for them to actually kick in, which actually just recently happened in the last two years. That's where we've seen the big push in rents. So if, if somebody was to try to close basically anything brand new at a thousand dollars a square foot, you're losing money. Like there, if, if you take your basic, Let's forget about CMHC, you know, high ratio mortgages. If we take today's marketplace 20% down, you've got your, you've got your condominium fee, you've got your, you know, uh, taxes, taxes. Yeah. your mortgage, you're, you're a nonprofit organization by about <laughs> $500 to $800 per month based on today's costs. Definitely. And so, again, the other, th I, I just thought one of a, thought about one of the investors, what they're going to be planning to doing is going to actually furnishing the unit. They're going to fully furnish it, yep. rent it out. Right. That does definitely hike up the rent that they can get. But there's no, you know, you, you can't fudge the numbers. You're, you're bang on with that, Todd. You're going to be 500 to $800 negative every month. Yep. That's probably not the right product for you. Right. And and one of the things, uh, Jez, and, and, you know, here at Simply Real Estate, we always try to give our, our, our 
listeners some really good advice. But now with the new stress test, because right now, as you know, you know some of the pre-construction stuff that was sold about two years ago, nobody was really thinking of the stress test. Right now, we're starting to hear, you know, kind of in the winds that there are people that say, hey, listen, I can't get a mortgage. You know, private lenders are starting to step up because, you know, they're, they're kind of filling in that gap. You know, we've, we've, we're, we're going to have a bit of dilemma with the crossover from value closings, new buyers, stress test, interest rate hikes. I mean, th this is all, all everything that everybody should be gauging. You know, you're, you just mentioned. So this property is going to close five years from now. You're at 1,700 a square foot. You know, the rents, if, if we take a look at a one bedroom, that rent is going to have to be almost four, 5,000 to break even. Yep. I mean, look, this is why I love your show, Todd, because you're always want, like, wanting and actually giving the value of tips. And so when you're looking at it from the perspective from the stress test, you need to know that you can purchase a couple of pre-construction condos, but you need to close on them. Right. Right. And so if, if you don't have the financial capability of doing that, don't get involved. Like this is not something that you speculate. You're probably better driving down, uh, uh, you know, the QEW and going over to Niagara and and, and pulling the slot machines because you need to be careful <laughs> yeah. when you're getting involved into pre-construction investing. Right? Yeah, and I appreciate that because you, you do have a big involvement in that. You know, you're always watching the market for your investors and always looking at things. You know, one other one other point though, uh, Jazz, is when we talk about investment real estate and you're talking about pre-construction, the idea of the assignment clause and so many people aren't aware of the rules and regulations behind the assignment clause. You as a broker, you know for a fact that you can't just turn around and slap a pre-construction assign on the MLS. A lot of times it has to be done more internally because a lot of times the builder puts a constraint on your assignment saying you can't put it on the MLS until you close on it. For sure. And not only that, there's there's other stipulations. Sometimes the builder is going to charge you five to eight thousand dollars to actually do the assignment. You should know that because you're going to need to work that into your numbers. Yeah. And most of the time, the builders will say that if the building is not uh, uh, constructed to a certain floor or ninety five or eighty percent built, you still can't assign. Right. So there's times we'll get calls and someone would purchase something. They go through that 10 day cooling period that we have yeah. in the process uh, in the province and then say, you know what, Jazz, a couple of months later, I want to assign it. No, we went over this. You can't assign it until yep. we meet certain stipulations. And obviously, you can't put, uh, I'm going to say about 95% of the time, you can't put it on MLS. And then you have to internally sell it. So it's not just buy and flip and flip this because they saw something on HGTV. Yeah, right? I was just going to say, yeah. <laughs> right. it, it, you know, those TV shows, they, you know, they had a good run. But I, th I think now we're into reality and people are going to get caught with it. For sure. Well, with, with shows like this, you, 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 there's lots of ways that you can get educated. It's not... Always understand that if there's something on camera, you know, they're, they're, they're probably trying to sell you something that's not real. Get educated is probably the best advice we can give you. Yeah, excellent. Listen, Jazz, um, I, I, I want to talk more. We're yes. going to go to a quick break, and and I do want to talk more when we come back. So, folks, stay put. Um, I've got Jazz Takar with me. Uh, he is from the Real Estate Center at Royal LePage, and uh, you don't want to miss the rest of our conversation. So we'll be right back after this.
And welcome back. If you're just joining me right now, I've got Jazz Dakar with me in the studio. He is the senior partner at the Real Estate Center at Royal LePage and um, great conversation so far. Um, remember, you can always go to our website at News Talk 1010, click on my show and you can download my SoundCloud. Um, you definitely want to listen to what we had to say, but I'm going to kind of do a quick recap here, Jazz. You and I were talking about square footage price, brand new condo, obviously the hottest market right now in Toronto. Um, you know, right now in the 416 uh, price, you know, year over year, and they always talk about the year over year prices uh, up about, I think it's 17% on condos yeah. uh, this year versus last. Yeah, you know what, I'm not really that surprised with that number, Todd, and, and the biggest reason is, is because, you know, right now, there's not a lot of places you can build homes, like the single family homes, and so what's becoming affordable and really available in the 416, can't build out, can only build up, is condos. Sure. It's, it's exactly what we've seen it happen in, in l large cities around the world and it's happening now in Toronto where the average first-time home buyer just cannot purchase a home in Toronto because they're not really building anymore yeah yeah good point and one of the other things is is that we're actually closing the gap from detached meaning it could be a semi-detached townhome and condominium style meaning apartment uh, high-rise and that gap is getting actually smaller and smaller and if we take a look at the 905 jazz you know some of the stats that just came out you know 905 is only sitting at about nine hundred dollars sorry nine hundred thousand a unit right now where we look at the 416 detached we're up a million three you throw in the 416 with condominiums mm -hmm. and we're getting a lot closer to the 905 detached so the question is should people be moving to the suburbs to get a detached you should definitely be looking at that if that's what your family orientation is going to be if you're thinking about growing the family um, you know I know it's tough with traffic to get into the 416 sometimes from the 905 but you know we're getting the LRT coming here there's gonna be uh, faster ways to get into the 416 and you definitely can get more home for the f for the money right and so you definitely should be looking into the 905 yeah and and you know again this this comes back to the I I think the you know uh, instant gratification because when we talk about the condominiums that are being built I mean they, they are you know if, for the most part they're five-story uh, sorry uh, five-star you know hotels in a certain way I mean yeah. they're, they're some really nice and uh, you know recently you know some of the some of the newest builders and they're being smart about this they're actually creating work centers in their buildings so they're common elements you know they're they're saying listen nobody's using a bowling alley nowadays but you know what if we create a little work center so they could actually work from home you know uh, Starbucks right around the corner they go back into their building sit in their little desk do their you know they've got their uh, their laptop with them they got Wi-Fi so I, I think that that is going to be a huge selling point for builders in the near future we just had a we, we just have a project right now at Young and Eglinton what they've done is they went to an outdoor pool, which I think is very important right. uh, because the cost of indoor pools and maintaining the liners it's and huge, all that. Yep. With an outdoor pool, it's not being used as much. But what they've done is they have a spot for Uber and Lyft pickup and drop-offs. Wow. Just to just to have that front concourse of car, like uh, visitor parking open and more accessible, yep. that they have a, uh, on the side, actually it's at the back of the building, mm -hmm. where Uber and Lyft will come and pick up and now Skip the Dishes has their own little lane that they can come drop off food. Smart. Very smart. The work from home, because they're not doing indoor pools, they have more space to work with. And now the they're common areas, yeah. common areas. They're actually giving up like half to full floors just for little individual cubicles yeah. in some buildings because 
they know a lot of people just want to work from home. Maybe not inside their place. They want to get outside and have you know some type of synergy with other people on the same floor working away. So builders are really thinking outside the box now. Yeah, and they and, have to. And, and and you know what? I think that's a really important point that you know they've 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 had they they had their original mold. And as you and I know, you know, going through basically from about ninety eight to about two thousand and fourteen, the same the the model didn't get changed much. You know, yeah, they made them a little different shape. Everybody knows the Marilyn Monroe buildings right. in, in Mississauga were really the first ones to instigate you know, a shapely building. Yeah. Now now so many builders are now putting in a twist to something or yeah. Yeah. a little extra, you know, pizzazz on the on the look from the outside. It really doesn't have much of an effect on the inside lifestyle. And now with the fact that, you know, you've got a, a lot of the 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 gym places, people are walking more. So having your own inside gym in some of these condominiums, it's nonsensical. But I think the idea that they're introducing a work-live, you know, center is yeah. a lot better. Oh, for sure, right? They were also adding, like, outdoor movie theaters because they know in the summer it'll be nicer to, to be outside and you don't want to be stuck in an indoor. So we always used to see bowling alleys and indoor movie theaters, but no one was using them. So, again, the work from home is huge because it allows allows people to maybe go to the gym if that's what they want to do inside the building that saves them 50 60 70 dollars a month there sure. and and then be able to just go up to the second third fourth floor work from home yeah. um, and then go back into their unit and do what they need to do yeah you know it's amazing it, it's again with the with some of the uh, developers now putting more commercial on the bottom the, yeah. the first couple of floors we got grocery stores we got pharmacies we got everything so I think I think the wave of the future is looking good for design I think the the future aspect of it as far as Inventory is our biggest struggle, of course, and you know when we when we talk about developers and right now uh, the cost of land, I mean it, it really is going through the roof. Yeah. And right now, you know, we do have a shortage. Do you have any suggestions? Um, you know, I, I I always tease everybody. I'm I'm sure Mr. Tory and Mr. Ford are always listening to the show here every <laughs> Saturday because they've got nothing better to do. Yeah. But, they're not busy. <laughs> no, they're not busy at all. But but you know, do we have some suggestion for you know basically the powers to be to to, to help this this backlog, I mean, we have we are struggling with inventory. I think this is why we're seeing the big push in the price on condominiums. You know, we're struggling with rents. We're va basically zero vacancy rate when it comes down to places to live. What you as a uh, as a practitioner, as a professional, you're in the industry. Any suggestions you can have for them? I think it first starts with having the conversation. So like you and I are having now, I think the powers to be, so to speak, need to start having this conversation because if we don't have it now, five years from now, 10 years from now, it's just gonna get worse. We have 100,000 people coming into the city. Yeah, but you know, that was part of the platform for both elections, both from a, a mayoral uh, and for provincial, you know, it was like, yeah, we're, we're, gonna, we're gonna solve the problem. What was given to us was not really much of a solution. It was this, okay, we're going to create you know, 60,000 new units within 10 years. Well, we, we know that if we're taking a look at, uh, you know, provincial or even Toronto uh, construction, you know, it's, it's tough for the privateers. We know that if it's run by the province or the city, it's even going to take longer. So it, it, that's a non-realistic approach. Definitely. Is it possible for, for the, the private sector to partner with the government and actually make this happen you know like the government has still a wrap on a bunch of land right okay should they not free that up and say look at tell you what we need you to build this you got to pop this infrastructure in place for us as well but you can build on this because somebody 
has to make some kind of relief here for for uh, rentals. I, I couldn't agree with you more. And and they're actually making it tougher. I was sitting down with uh, a couple of developers last week, and the process from starting a project, like actually putting in an application, yep. to finished product, yeah, is walking to, through the door with a key, walking walking through the door with a key is up to seven years now. And so that in <laughs> itself poses a huge problem Massive. because there's millions of dollars that need to be spent from the private sector to get this project up and running and built and then not to have it and sometimes not pass permits and to take up to seven years is very tough. They need to all get into a room. I, like, I, I wanna take it back to like just business 101 and masterminding 101. Get into a room, don't leave this room yep. until we figure this out. Yeah. And the problem I think that always comes to the forefront, you know, they start talking about tax dollars, they start talking about what, you know, what they're giving up. The truth is, is that we are going to hit a crisis, okay? Um, you know, one of my suggestions, and, and I've talked to quite a few people about this, I believe that they should make uh, the registration of, of a property for a registered basement apartment easier. I think that people should be allowed to split their title and make their own house a duplex if they rec if they need to. That would allow people to be able to buy half a house, you know? I think that if we could turn around and do that, we're going to open up a whole bunch of rental properties immediately. I love your thought about, okay. not to cut you off there, Todd, I love your thought about the basement apartments. Make that easier because yeah. it is it, it's a very long yeah. process Listen, right? get hire more inspectors make yes. sure everybody's make, making the requirements fire code all codes need to be met but I think just based on the square footages based on the number of properties that exist today make it easier people can qualify with the basement rental but you know not dissimilar to New York you you can have a three-story house and they actually call it a tripex a triplex and it's legally divided and with proper separate entrances why can't we split titles so it's 103a 103B, two separate titles, let somebody buy it, it becomes affordable. Look, you could sell your basement to somebody if you could turn around and have a split title. And that way the person, that becomes more affordable. So you sell your basement for 400,000. Guess what? They're not going to be able to buy 900 square feet at 400,000 ever again. Right. It's true. It's just going to get more and more expensive. And if we don't figure this out, our, the, the, the generation from you know, 18 to 24, 25, they're gonna have a very tough time in five years finding any, any place to really live that's affordable. Yeah, I know I agree. Uh, can you put on your crystal ball for a second? Uh, what do you think yes. of 2018, what, uh, just as a, a quick summary, and then what do you think is gonna happen in 2019? So I think, uh, I'm gonna take it back one more year back. I, I think in 20, uh, 2017, we were doing, the analogy I like to use is 200 miles per hour from that uh, uh, January <laughs> yeah, to, yeah, to March, to, to, to March <laughs> April. Bullish time. Uh, I think things have cooled off now, and I, it's very healthy. We've seen uh, uh, the stats just came in yesterday or the day before uh, from October. 2018 to 2017, we're up by about three and a half percent year over year. These are all healthy numbers. I think we're still going to see uh, a progression in uh, appreciation uh, in values in going into uh, 2019. Because uh, I here's the thing: it's basic supply and demand. Yep. If we don't see more listings come up, which we we're starting to see a drop in listings now. Right. Um, and so what's gonna happen is prices are gonna, going to increase again. It's all kind of the same conversation we just finished happening, uh, having, right? If we don't figure out this inventory problem, prices are gonna start to rise and so is rents as well. Yeah. 
Excellent. Listen, Chaz, always a pleasure having you on the show. If our listeners want to reach out to you or your team, best way to reach you? Yeah, give us a call at 416-979-0333 or go to www.recexperience.com. Excellent. Well, thanks so much for coming on the show today. Thanks for having me, Todd. So that's a wrap for this week. Uh, I want to thank uh, Regan McKee from uh, Noble uh, joining me earlier in the hour. And of course, Jazz Takar, Senior Partner at the Real Estate Center at Royal LePage. Always a pleasure. I need to thank Ian and Andre. They always keep it simple for me each week. And most importantly, I want to thank you for tuning in. Remember, I'm back next Saturday at 3 p.m. I'm your host, Todd C. Slater. You've been listening to Simply Real Estate right here on News Talk 1010.